0: Hi I'm Jordan
1: and I'm Kit.
0: Welcome to Starry Time, where stars plus lines
1: equal stories.
0: This is episode two on our monthly constellation Corona Australis, the Southern Crown. Last week we covered the cosmic background of this constellation.
1: We said hi to Ptolemy and Bayer, we learned about contact binaries and molecular clouds.
0: Pretty, pretty stellar.
1: So this week, we're going to be retelling and retconstellationing the mythology of this constellation.
0: And goodness, Kit, if there ever was a myth Mm. in need of a retconstellation.
1: Yeah, no doubt. So let's get into it. As we mentioned in the last episode, this constellation was included in Ptolemy's Almagest from the second century as the southern crown. But other cultures, and even the ancient Greeks, had other names for the constellation. In ancient Greece, it was also sometimes known as the crown of Sagittarius, and the ancient Romans called it the golden crown of Sagittarius.
0: And going even further back to Babylonian astronomy, this set of stars was once again associated with our guy Sagittarius, or their Sag and was known as the cargo boat?
1: Yeah, um, in Gavin White's Babylonian star lore, White suggests that this is a symbolic boat that isn't actually linked to any of the many godly boats of the time. And he suggests that it's a symbolic representation of new life and is somehow linked to pregnancy or bringing forth new life in some way. Um, So yeah, the cargo boat.
0: Hmm. Well, (laughs) that's something. Yeah, complicated.
1: Okay. As our mom would say, that's interesting.
0: That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, really it makes me think.
1: Yeah, I didn't see this interpretation in other places, but um yeah, that that is something that I read.
0: There does seem to be some conflict or difference in this Mesopotamian era because I also saw that this constellation was known as the Bark and was associated with our pal the goatfish. Mm. Though there wasn't a ton of information about what kind of bark, or how it got into the night sky out there?
1: Yeah, there seems to be some ambiguity. Um, But in Chinese astronomy, this constellation is part of the Black Tortoise of the North. And still other cultures have seen the constellation as a boomerang and a canoe, among other things. And in more contemporary history, this constellation has been imagined as the crown of eternal life from the New Testament.
0: I mean, it does sort of make sense to me more as a boomerang or boat than a crown. I mean, it does look like a semicircle, but the Mm -hmm. shape, yeah, it's pretty, pretty vague.
1: Definitely. So let's get into the Greco-Roman myths of this constellation.
0: All right. So the myth of Mm Corona australis is most often connected to the birth of the god of wine and general partying, Dionysus in Greek myth also known as Bacchus in Roman traditions.
1: Yeah, and I do think that it's important to remind everyone as we start this new season that these mythologies are often a bit muddled and chaotic. And so the myth we're gonna be talking about is one of several origin myths for Dionysus.
0: Yeah, it's really hard to pin down the birth of the party. So (laughs) when it comes to someone like Bacchus or Dionysus, I mean, it's part of an oral tradition. And there's going to be a lot of different variants. And also the fact that these myths evolved and changed within the cultures that they were in, in order to better interpret the world that they were living in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's talk about let's tell tell me more about this Corona Australis and how Dionysus is part of this uh, story.
0: All right. All right. All right. Well, let's start season two off with a bang because buckle up. <laughs> Here's our favorite anti-hero, the king of the gods, Zeus himself, back out on the prowl. Again, you know, just assuming eagle form, Mm. as you do, and looking for some companionship. Not from his wife Hera, however. Mm. 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 Who should catch his eye but the mortal woman, Semele. Is that how you would pronounce it? Smelly.
1: <laughs> smelly. Oh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but smelly is very funny. Oh,
0: See, meal it is. See, or smelly, depending I'm on dying. how you wish to I'm pronounce
1: dying. it. Oh, my okay. God. So, oh, okay.
0: Well, don't let her name fool you. She's described as fair-faced and a white-armed maiden. And she Mm. was either a Theban princess and or a priestess of Zeus. At any rate, Zeus seduces her and lo and behold, she becomes pregnant.
1: you know, it does happen sometimes.
0: Sometimes it's a cargo boat. Sometimes (laughs) it's a pregnancy. Mm. Now, Hera, of course, Zeus's wife, Mm. dot, 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 Mm. finds out and is jealous. So jealous, in fact, that she decides that Samili, or Smelly, has to die. So she goes in disguise as a crone and befriends our friend Samil. Samil confides that she is a thunder lover.
1: Thunder lover.
0: (laughs) Thunder, thunder, thunder lover. But no, this is a real Zeus epithet. Never, we would not shove innuendo into our pod never Never, not here
1: i didn't just post something on our socials about smash or pass on the 12 olympians that's just not our style
0: so hera knowing that mortals of course could not see the true form of the divine gods convinced samil that if zeus really loved her like samil thought he would show her his true form and in one source come to her as he came to Hera.
1: Oh, that makes me feel yucky.
0: Yuck, <laughs> eek, pretty, pretty eek, pretty cringe. Ugh. Ugh. Now, for some reason, whether blinded by love or bound by a promise on the river Styx, Zeus eventually does as she asks. Zeus rolls in with the thunder, lightning, and general pomp and reveals his divine self. And not so shockingly, Hera was right and she's killed. However, she is also pregnant and Zeus takes this fetus and sews it into his thigh for the rest of the gestation period, which makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Once Dionysus is born, Hera gets up to some additional pretty messed up stepmom stuff.
1: Yeah, and some of the stories related to to those Hera antics are related to the myths of the Hyades. And the Hyades are also an open star cluster in the constellation Taurus. And so, yeah, we should probably put them into an asterism sometime soon.
0: Indeed, we'll leave that for another day. Mm. Because ultimately, Dionysus gives Hera a big middle finger and winds mm-hmm. up rescuing his mother, Semele from the underworld and even makes her a goddess.
1: I did not know that Just any random god could do that, but that's cool. Good job to Dionysus. I also read a version of this myth where um, Semele's sisters start a rumor after she dies that she was killed by a lightning bolt because a mortal had actually impregnated her and she blamed Zeus and like Zeus was totally free from fault. Ooh, I
0: like this. It's a little immaculate conception payback from Zeus, I guess. This is some tough stuff
1: very tough stuff
0: and so in the end this wreath is placed in the sky to symbolize this story because a wreath of ivy was a common symbol of samil's son dionysus
1: well i would say that this myth definitely shares some of the themes with other myths we've talked about so far in the first season so once again we have this reinforcement of patriarchal societal gender norms that pits women against each other right like Hera is jealous Mm -hmm. and targets Semele instead of Zeus right and Semele is then punished for desiring Zeus
0: and yet Zeus the one with the most power in this situation is never punished exactly this myth also serves more practical purposes like explaining the natural phenomena of thunder and lightning and could explain deaths by lightning Mm -hmm. in a very generous sense it also provides an explanation for why we never really see the gods Mm -hmm. as in if we could it would kill us which is you know very convenient
1: yeah right it sort of helps to create and maintain this distance between mortals and gods it creates them as distinct and powerful even though the greco-roman gods tend to be much more human-like than the than the sort of um all-powerful, all-knowing gods that are, you know, more common in the Judeo-Christian traditions.
0: And it reinforces this idea that the mortals need to respect the gods and their wishes no matter what, and they should be unquestioned. And even seeing them would destroy you.
1: Right. It's also kind of interesting to me to think about Semile's myth as related to hubris and gender norms, right? Sort of a gendered punishment that she's Mm. undergoing here because Dionysus is really conceptualized as this like norm breaking rebel God. And so in the end, he basically just brings his mom back. And it kind of, to me is like, does this undermine the more problematic parts of the myth, right? Like Zeus ought not have killed Semele obviously and Hera ought not have punished Semele for Zeus's infidelity. But then in the end, Dionysus just kind of like, it all sort of comes back to the status quo. And in fact, even better, because now semele is now a goddess. Do you have any other analysis things, things that we uh, should talk about before we get to retcons?
0: I mean, long story short, yeah, this is just a classic myth we have of women being pit against each other and Zeus um, getting away scotch-free. <laughs> and again the element of hubris and pride of stupid mortals you know we might be even able to mate with the gods but lest we see them in their true form um uh, yeah so i think it does a uh you know really profound job of enforcing both patriarchy um uh, as well as you know the established religious credo of the time
1: great let's take a quick break and then let's do our retcons
0: Welcome back to our next segment, Rep Constellation. In this segment, me and Kit, we reimagine, we reboot, and we revise the myths of our monthly constellation in hopes to either modernize, subvert, or deepen the story. Sometimes we also just try to make them less cringy,
1: This one has a high cringe factor.
0: Indeed. Yeah, it's classic in all the wrong ways. So do you want to start us off with your retconstellation?
1: So I actually have two retcons. I had one that sort of like came to me first and then I had a better idea. So I think I'll start with the um, one that I it was the better idea. And then I'll tell you what the original one that I came up with was. Does that sound okay? That sounds perfect. All right, so the first retcon is a Semile retcon so in my version of the myth Mm -hmm. Semile is a princess who doesn't want to marry she's Mm -hmm. independent she's smart she wants to rule as queen on her own now we've met zeus unfortunately Mm -hmm. and he sees Semile, and he sees a real opportunity for conquest right what a feather in his cap what a lightning bolt in his satchel <laughs> to, um, you know, get uh, Semele in his bed because he's gross. So mm-hmm. he tries to seduce Semele in various forms, but each time she sees through his seduction and rebuffs him. She's like, get out of here, OK? Like, I am busy mm-hmm. um, and yeah. I'm not interested. So Semele seeks the help of Hera in getting Zeus to leave her alone. And together they devise a plan because Hera is getting really sick of this. It's super embarrassing. Mm -hmm. It's also just, like, annoying. She's a friggin' goddess and, like, her husband's out here doing what he's doing. So the next Mm -hmm. time Zeus attempts to woo Semele, um, he brings down thunder and lightning to try to scare her because, again, he's gross. But he fails to notice that Semele is wearing a conductive crown disguised Mm -hmm. in plants that hera has provided for her as she refuses zeus again he has just come to his limit and he throws a lightning bolt at her but because of the crown the lightning doesn't kill her but turns her into an immortal goddess with the power to drive anyone into a frenzy and to make them immune to the charms of zeus
0: So that one makes a lot of sense. I have a lot of questions about the conductive crown. (laughs) Um, Just on a uh, on a mechanical engineering level. Yeah, don't Um, worry about it. I think that's (laughs) yeah, that's a great part about myth is that don't worry about it. Magical Um, objects. And and Hera helped. So I mean, teamwork makes a dream work. All Hmm. right. So that one I liked a lot and already is making me feel uh like my retcons need a lot of work um but i appreciate all the thought and creativity put into that one and you're telling me you even have another one so give me the second one what's the other Reconstellation myth that you came up with
1: so the other one was the one that i sort of initially had um which is more simple and it's sort of making use of the idea that in some you know, names of this constellation, it's thought of as the crown of Sagittarius. And so that got me thinking about my retcon of constellation Sagittarius from season one. Um, and mm-hmm. for those who hadn't listened, or maybe you forgot because, you know, for some reason you didn't store this into long-term storage, I don't know why. But um, my retcon was that cool. uh, Sagittarius is actually Sagitaria. She's a Centaurus who invented the bow and arrow. She left her patriarchal society to found lead the Amazon warrior. So that's now who Sagittaria is. And so in this retcon, um, it's actually the Amazons who popularized the idea of a golden wreath being awarded to those who perform extraordinary deeds or show courage rather than the invention of the Roman army. And so the, the Southern crown is now a golden crown and it is an Amazonian symbol of extraordinary courage. And that's how I connected it
0: i like this one a lot because now we're getting into the kit Rec constellation right. extended universe right. where your Reconstellations constellations are intersecting with each right. other to create yeah. you know a, a full a full narrative right. uh, i like this one a lot i like this one a lot uh, and please do go back and listen to sagittarius uh and learn more about sagittaria if you're curious how this all connects.
1: Yeah. And so this wreath is at the feet of our, our good friend, Sagittarius, an offering of her many accomplishments. And so, yeah, the, I like this idea, extended universe. It's all interconnected. You got to listen to every episode <laughs> or or you'll be lost. I mean, it's uh, these are tricky myths to follow. But yeah, so what about you? What were your where did you take the this retcon?
0: First, why not just make it Sagittarius's wreath? Give him a nice little wreath. <laughs> We need more headgear representation. Mm-hmm. It can't just be all crowns, all the time. You know, maybe maybe some wreath culture would be good. And then I heard your reconciliation, all of the extended universe elements, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it makes me think that i need to be taking this a little bit more
1: seriously (laughs) well i mean i do think it makes more sense because of where the constellation is physically located which we talked about on cosmic background Mm -hmm. um it really doesn't make sense that it has this whole other Dionysus story to it but there also didn't really seem to be um, a story about the sagittarius you know, Crotus or Centaur, or the Centaur, like wearing it, um, but yeah, so it would make more sense if it was a narrative or a story about a wreath of that constellation. So I think that's true. And honestly, even if it was simply that it's just the, the crown of Sagittarius, that's better than this myth of Dionysus and <laughs> Right. and uh, Zeus. So I mean, listen, you you got rid of all the problematic parts.
0: But the other part that I came up with was to retain most of it. But when I look at this shape, it does kind of look to me almost like a shield.
1: Mm. So,
0: you know, a half circle or semicircle, a pregnant, uh, you know, <laughs> boat, boat, pregnant boat. So in my rec constellation, each one of these stars, um, you know, forms a shield that protects people from Zeus's desire mm-hmm. so you know you like look up at night and you see each of the stars and you know as long as you're like looking up at this shield in the sky you know it blocks you from Zeus being able to inflict his will upon you mm-hmm. so that was one reconciliation. constellation and then another one was that just like each one of these could just be representative of one of Zeus's adulterous <laughs> Affairs Mm. and only Zeus can see this constellation and it's just sort of each one of them forms this sort of like constant reminder of his crown of infidelity Mm. and Mm -hmm. maybe something that allows him to, you know, rethink and maybe even feel guilt Mm -hmm. for his actions. So you could take it, you know, either way a warning and shield for people or a constant reminder to Zeus of everything he's done wrong.
1: Yeah, and I think that's important because I think like we talked about one of the things that's so problematic and so like disturbing and cringy about these myths is like Zeus just like never seems to feel bad. He never like he never stops behaving badly. He never like, you know, has a conversation with Hera about maybe they need to like change the nature of their relationship or maybe they need to break up. They they need to get on the same page and that's like, nope, just next week he's a, you know, he's a white bull seducing Europa and like, you know, it's just, it's a lot. Um, yeah, so I like this idea of him having to be actually like reminded of like the consequences of his actions or alternatively something that protects people from Zeus because I think that that's necessary.
0: Yeah, right? It's either like, feel some responsibility or at least give his victims some recourse, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, all right. Well, I think we both did really great. So I'm season two off with a bang. Now let's end with our newest addition to Wreck Constellation, aka our Myth Oracle, aka (laughs) our ChatGPT Wreck Constellation. Can you tell me what prompt you gave it?
1: I don't remember the exact prompt. In the future, I'll make sure to keep it because I was just kind of playing around. Um, but I asked the Oracle about the uh, the myth of the Southern Crown about Semele and Zeus. And I think I asked something like, can you change the power dynamics of the myth? Like, Can you reverse them in some way? So I'm going to, are, are you ready for what the Oracle has given us as the myth?
0: Please, Oracle, tell us the myth.
1: And apologies, uh, because the Oracle does indeed steal things. Um, if this is your consolation, you know, let us know, and we'll uh, we'll link to your book or your story or, or what have you. Okay, here we go from the Oracle. In a reimagined version of the Semele and Zeus myth, the roles of mortals and gods are flipped. Mm-hmm. Semele is a powerful deity and ruler of her own realm who becomes enamored with Zeus, a mortal man with whom she has a passionate affair. However, as their relationship progresses, Semele begins to feel insecure about Zeus's mortality and demands that he prove his love by becoming a god like her. Despite warnings from other mortals about the dangers of such transformation, Zeus goes through with it, but the process proves too much for his mortal body to handle and he perishes. Semele is left to mourn the loss of her lover and come to terms with the consequences of her own insecurities. The story highlights the perils of power imbalances and the importance of accepting and loving someone for who they are. Oracle out.
0: Myth Oracle. Dang. I'm not going to (laughs) credit on your reconciliations, but... Definitely better than what I was able to bring to the table. It turns out my language learning model of synapses and neurons, uh, not quite as impressive as an Oracle that has access to all the myths of human history. Mm -hmm. Excellent job. I can Mm. see some parallels between that reconciliation and other myths that do exist. Um, I also like the idea of Zeus, you know, perishing, uh, that's great, uh, appealing, I, I, you know, I've pitched that as a retcon, um, multiple times, perhaps I was consulting the Oracle, whether I knew it or not, or the Oracle was consulting with me. Mm-hmm. But no, I like this. Great. I even like the idea if I was to take this as the prompt, I would then make the, mm-hmm. the crown what killed Zeus. Yeah,
1: you know, like, what's
0: on the southern crown. And that's what leads to his demise. So, I mean, the greatest thing about the Oracle here is that it allows you to consider your own myths in a new way.
1: I also think it's interesting that even in this version of the myth, like the Oracle right away is having there be consequences and like Semelais actually like feels bad about it. It's like already it's an improvement in so many ways from the sort of original myths. So, yeah, I just thought that was interesting.
0: Yeah, the power imbalance without consequences in the first mm-hmm. myth is just so heinous,
1: so bad, that
0: even just having like characters, that or a myth or I mean, this is just like the basic structure of a story, but it's a story in which like, there's guilt, and right. there are repercussions. And as opposed to the original myth, like, as we said, which is just to reinforce certain societal norms um which may or may not have been the most equitable Mm -hmm. perhaps not (laughs) that brings us to the end of our episode this week myths and wreck constellations join us next week for the pop culture segment of our exploration of the constellation corona australis
1: this has been kit and jordan sisters lovers of stars and stories and we'll see you next time on sorry time.